Hello and welcome to the latest Safer West Mercia podcast. My name is John Campion and I'm the West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner. And I'm joined today by a superintendent from West Mercia Police, who I'll let introduce themselves. Good morning, John. I'm Stuart Bill, uh, superintendent and LPA commander for Shropshire. So uh, LPA commander sounds uh, an important uh, reality, uh, Stu. What does that mean uh, in terms of uh, your responsibility? So in short, it means I'm uh, responsible for the geographical area of Shropshire and everything that goes on therein. So all the local safer neighbourhood teams, the investigation functions and the patrol officers that are responding to all the 999 calls, they all come under me. I help manage them, coordinate them and make sure they do what we want them to do. Sometimes in, uh, in in describing policing to the public, I sometimes describe as the most senior officer on the ground in the in the location, the person who uh, has responsibility uh, for that area. Um, they get top cover from headquarters, which is a, a bit of a trek away from uh, from Shropshire, but uh, they're the most senior person uh, on on the ground. Uh, I, I think outside of policing, they're always very understanding of the ranks. But uh, I always say, if the uh, if the braid or the colours are fancier, then that must means they're more more important. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that that probably is me. But I, I would say I'm part of a team, part of a wider team. So it isn't just me. But but clearly, I'm the lead for Shropshire. But yeah, no, uh, that that's probably sums up what I do. And, and you're fairly new to West Mercia in the grand scheme of policing career because you've served for um, uh, a couple of decades, uh, but you're you're fairly new to us here in West Mercia. That's right. So I started my career back in sort of 97, 98 as a special constable uh, in West Midlands Police, uh, joined there a couple of years later, spent my entire service uh, with West Midlands Police until transferring over in May of this year to take post here in Shropshire. And it must be fascinating for you uh, as well, seeing that difference uh, during COVID as we've come out of some of the restrictions and potentially more coming uh, uh, and uh, and also moving force area. Uh, policing uh, is never two days uh, are never the same and the different challenges that we in society also throw at you must make it uh, even more interesting as how you, how you keep us all safe. No, absolutely. And it's amazing how much policing changes just by borders and boundaries. So moving from one force to the next, just different policies, procedures. Uh, But fundamentally, the the job ultimately is the same. It's about protecting people, protecting our communities and doing everything we can. And clearly, COVID adds a a different dimension to that. But uh, as a, a statutory body, we've got a responsibility to support. You, um, we touched on the, uh, the the complexities that make up keeping us safe. Now, those complexities often often come from us as human beings, don't they? And all the differences uh, that make us uh, that make us up. And some of those differences are very uh, very um, visible. You know, you can see them with the with the naked eye or or, or hear them. Um, but others aren't uh, aren't so visible, and, and perhaps are harder for us to be aware of those. Those differences, and one of the things that, that we're going to talk about today is around uh, hidden disability. And um, I'd just be interested in you explaining to, to the listeners as, as to what hidden disability um, really, really means. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for me, obviously, you've already alluded to it. Some things are incredibly visual. Uh, it, it's uh, really obvious to to everyone that uh, some issues or problems or or challenges an individual might have, but but not all are. Uh, 
I personally have never class- classified myself as, as having a hidden disability, but I do have a story, and I guess that's what's brought me to the podcast today. And uh, and tell us a bit about that story then. Tell us a, a bit about um, your, your maybe your upbringing, but also how then that uh, led to uh, where you are today in policing. So uh, I uh, have a speech impediment. I, I've had it all my life. I uh, had speech therapy uh, through most my uh, schooling years. When I first went to school uh, at the age of uh, sort of five at primary school, I, I could only make five different sounds. I, I wasn't able to talk at all. Only my family members could communicate for me. So it's my journey has been a challenge. Uh, I still struggle to speak. Even this conversation with you now, I have to focus on every single word I'm saying. If I don't, I will become uh, really difficult to understand. And it's that constant challenge. People will probably pick up through my voice that I have maybe a lisp or there's, there's something there. They won't really realise the, the internal battle that's going on through every moment of, of the words that I'm saying. Uh, and that's uh, it's something I've had to deal with throughout schooling policing and still live with today and just try and uh, try and uh, do my best to make sure I can articulate what what I'm intending to say the um I, I've only known you since since joining joining West Mercia and um it's it, it's not until you describe to me the issue that I then can hear small elements of it but to the to the naked ear, is that a phrase? To the uh, to the to, to my ear, um, I, I don't hear it. I hear your your maybe your um, uh, West Midlands accent, but I don't I don't hear it. And often some of those things in us that those those, those challenges, those things that we struggle with, um, we our conscious levels personally are obviously uh, a lot higher because I've heard you speak to rooms full of uh, of people, whether it be uh, pro policing or anti policing, and. Uh, it, the it's only when you know it's there that that um i think helps that understanding and then helps me understand you a bit more because i understand how you might why you might approach something more more differently um you, you said before around not seeing it as a, a, a as a disability and i get that actually you know I, I'm, I'm dyslexic myself i i don't see that as a as a disability i just see it as part of who who i am um how how do you think your your your, your speech um, uh, impediment has either affected or changed the way um, you you've approached policing and uh, the things that perhaps uh, have shaped you as as a senior police leader now? So I think I, I think it's fair to say I'm an introvert by nature. It's hard to say is it speech impediment that's caused that and has that caused me to step step back or is that who I am? I, I honestly I couldn't say, but when you, throughout my police career, certainly up until maybe five years ago, I never spoke about this. This was the elephant in the room. It wasn't something I felt comfortable dealing with, or comfortable talking about. But as I've moved through the ranks, I, I've kind of understood actually it's really incumbent upon me to talk about this sort of thing and show the people that I lead that it, it's absolutely okay to have maybe some weaknesses or or some uh, traits that that maybe I wouldn't have chosen to have, but I've got, and they make me who I am. And then it's about turning them into strengths. You're right. Uh, You know, I certainly have had, and maybe still do to an extent, have a fear of talking in public spaces in front of lots of people. Uh, 
but that's not going to stop me. It hasn't stopped me. Uh, and as you've alluded to, our speaking community meetings, I am uh, a firearms and a public order commander. So I will stand in front of sometimes hundreds of officers and brief them on deployments. Um, it, it's something I'm always conscious of, my voice in the background, but I, I think it's probably I'm more conscious of it than anyone else. Uh, and that's why I think it's just really important to share just this little story about me, just so my officers and other officers in West Mercer and staff know that actually that's okay to have something that makes you a bit unique and you shouldn't be afraid of it or to talk about it. You um, you also use in your in your work, and I know you did it in, in the previous uh, role in West Midlands, but you brought it to West Mercer. You use uh, social media and, and Twitter to talk about your your work and what you and what you do uh, you know for the public do you do you think some of your um perception around how your 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 impediment would be uh, would be received do you think that amplifies things like social media or not or is it just another part of of uh, of modern modern life uh, i i mean i i think if i'm understanding the question is social media are you asking whether i'd be concerned about the, the kind of this narrative on there yeah do, do you do you think that how do you think the uh the modern life is quite exposed isn't it and social media is quite an exposed you know uh, a brutal place at times do you think that the um that the kindness that we talked a lot about wanting to amplify during covid haven't we you know the being kind thing it's not always very present on places like twitter do you do you think that's do you think that stops us being uh, more honest and, and, and being who we are, or do you just think it's irrelevant and we just we just ignore that as a bit of a bit of white noise? No, I, I think social media can can be. I mean, it can be used for lots of good, but it can be a very dark place, as we know. Uh, and actually, being a op- police officer, visible police officer on social media, you attract a lot of criticism, and you develop a bit of a, a thick skin about things like, well, just in policing in general. So, if you to throw in. Uh, uh, my voice and some of the challenges around that. I, I fully expect some people online will mock me, but that's okay because I know far, far more will be supportive, whether actively or silently in the background. And that actually is no difference, in all honesty, to my police service. I know I've had colleagues mock me throughout my career, but I know far, far, far more supportive and 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 uh, welcoming and i think it's the greater good isn't it that, that, that this sort of thing brings i'm not putting myself on a pedestal uh, as the savior of, of people with hidden disabilities far from it uh, but i just want to talk openly about mine in the hope that it might encourage others to do the same you talked a bit about your experience um uh, in in your service Looking a bit more forward, you know, the next the next five years, the next ten years, what do you think are the are the key bits? You think we we've got to make progress around um, ensuring what you've just described is 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 less common, is less. Um, you know, we all we all talk about differences, don't we? Whether it be the football teams we like or the uh, you know the, our heights, our hair colours, whatever it is, we we do tend to pick on on differences, and sometimes it is very unkind. But in in terms of Moving forward, the next five, ten years, what do you think the what do you think you'd like to see progress on and look back? Say, actually, that has changed, that has got better, that has improved. Well, if you look, I think if you look at the diversity, equality, and inclusion strategy for the force, I think we've got to bring that to life uh, and actually recognise internally we we've got far more diversity 
that we're probably acknowledging at the moment. And, you know, people come from so many different backgrounds. We've got single parents. We've got carers in our organisation. We've got people with hidden disabilities. We've, we've got so much there that, that perhaps we don't fully embrace it ourselves. Uh, and I think to move forwards, we've got to do that and recognise that people bring different strengths to the table. Uh, uh, so that comes in, in many, many ways, really. Uh, but for me, the, the, the crucial bit is that that anyone can step forward and actually say, I have this or this is me or however they want to articulate it. But we encourage that. So actually, we, we truly understand the value of our workforce uh, more than, than perhaps we do today. I think we've moved on a lot over my career, but the next five to 10 years, I think that will be massive. If um, if you were uh, talking directly to somebody who might have a hidden disability, who was thinking about joining the police and thinking about um, what that uh, what that career would mean, what, what would you say to them? What would you say if in as they weigh up that judgment? What would you what would your uh, advice to them be as a as a wise old uh, uh, police superintendent uh, uh, looking back and saying, you know, if I had my time again, these are the things I would I would want as advice. Okay. Uh, well, first off, I think wise might be a bit of a stretch <laughs> for me. Uh, but but I, I would say go for it and, and, and be open and honest. Talk to people, seek counsel. There's lots of opportunities now for people trying to enter the organisation to talk to police officers on the ground uh, and talk about your any potential issues or challenges you might have and, and get that advice and steer on where, where, you, uh, where you can go with it. But but absolutely, I wouldn't let anything hold you back um, because you, you can achieve. Uh, and, and again, I'm not I'm not selling myself. But day one, uh, or, or sorry, at, at day one at school, I, I couldn't make a sound. Uh, and now I'll I'll stand and brief hundreds of officers at public order events, uh, and I still get those nerves. They'll never go away. But you learn to live with them and, and actually cope. Uh, and I think that's the important thing. Somebody, um, somebody uh, once said to me after I'd, I'd made some, a few remarks somewhere uh, around, uh, "Oh, I wish I could speak like you can in front of uh, in front of large uh, groups of people." And um, I, you know, I turned and said, in a moment of honesty, "Well, it absolutely terrifies me, and it terrifies me now doing it for the hundredth time as it does doing the first time." And uh, those things that drive us to be uh, to, to do something are, are completely different to us all, aren't they? You know, for example, I. I can't do it from notes. I can't read a speech. I, I, you know, I've never been able to. I stumble over all the words. No matter how much I practice it, I'm much better with either bullet points or, or, or doing it from the cuff. But others would want to read it, and they would read it beautifully, wouldn't they? And uh, those differences are, I, I, is what works for you, is, is what I hear. And what you are in terms of an individual, we, we should be proud of. And that's, you know, that, for me, is a really lovely sentiment and actually really strikes with the communities across West Mercia, but also... I think those that make up West Mercia Police. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think that that bit about being the authentic you is what's most important. I Would I have chosen to have a speech impediment? No, I wouldn't. But actually, I am where I am today because of it and with it. And actually, it's important to recognise that, that it's part of who I am as much as uh, you know, the fact that I'm six foot seven, uh, you know, and the challenges that brings and, and all that sort of stuff, you, you know. And I just think that the, the more uh, authentic we can be, the more uh, humble as leaders and, and share this sort of stuff, it will create a, a, a more diverse workforce uh, for West Mercia. 
because you for me have just touched on an interesting challenge and you've said it a couple of times in, in, in this discussion around you know it's not about me or I'm not trying to be boastful or, or, or those kind of things um because I think there's a balance between uh, uh being boastful and being pride pride and I I hear being proud of of the things that make up you and, and either the adversity that you you you've had to manage or or, or manage uh, to overcome and I, I I think that's a, I think that's a proud thing to say to those that might want to work in West Mercia Police. You can be who you are. You um, should be proud of if there's things there that aren't perfect. That's you know in your mind that you you want to either improve or or to change. And, and there's nothing nothing wrong with that. But um, the other thing I've I've learned, and, and it's even more so in policing, uh, when you're not authentic, it gets sniffed out, doesn't it? Uh, um, often saying you're fooling nobody. Uh, they might not say it, but uh, um, very rarely do these things. Do these things um, uh, pass the notice of those that you either work with or the communities that you interact with? Um, if you um, if you were PCC for a day, um, uh, Stu, we, uh, we we like to ask our, our um, people that join us on the podcast. If you were PCC for a day, um, what would you do? What would be the thing that you would uh, you you would use the office for? What what a question. <laughs> yeah. it can't be pay rises for superintendents because that's not in my gift unfortunately no okay I, so I, I think if I stick in kind of the theme of uh, the, this episode uh, around hidden disabilities uh, the, the DEI strategy for the force uh, and it's probably more than a day isn't it you know we've, we've got what I would describe as a really good strategy uh, around DEI uh, words on paper and translating that into activity on the ground is where I think as a force uh, we need to do more we're doing lots but we need to do more and I think a a drive around that inclusivity and and making West Mercia a a really inclusive place to work would be really important uh, if I were the PCC not least because when you do that we know results flow we know people perform better, which means we're delivering more for our communities, we're reducing crime, and everything comes from that. Uh, so that's probably where I am if I were PCC for the day and, and maybe a little bit beyond. <laughs> and uh, I'm, um, I, 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 as Commissioner, I, I do like the big things, and I think uh, diversity, equality, and inclusion is something that you, you can never take your foot off the gas about, you know, getting that momentum's hard enough and then keeping that momentum is, is the right one. And, and you're right. And featuring it in my work is a, is a, is a daily, is a daily struggle in terms of making sure that it gets the appropriate focus. I often talk about the balance between the immediate and the important because the immediate often backs out the way the important, doesn't it? And, and I, I need to make sure we keep, uh, keep the, keep the, uh, keep the two in check because you can't ignore the immediate often, but uh, you, you also don't want to lose uh, that focus on the important. But Stu, really want to thank you for joining today and talking about a subject that really I think uh, suits things like podcasts, bringing to life something um, that when written on a page doesn't always bring it to life, doesn't bring that humanity, that human interest um, element to it. And I want to thank you for talking about your own experience and what it means um, uh, for you as a, a leader and, and, and as an individual and somebody who has uh, lived a journey uh, through life with the things that make you up as a unique individual. And uh, talking about it today, um, I, I think it's an important part of the journey that I was just talking about, the, the being proud of, of what we are and where we've come from and the things that make us make us different. 
No, thank you, John. Thank you for the time. And, and clearly, uh, we hope to keep pushing the DEI strategy for the force. So uh, I'd like to thank the uh, the listeners for uh, today's uh, West Mercia uh, podcast. Um, as you've heard uh, referred to, uh, there is some work uh, around diversity, equality and inclusion, both for West Mercia Police, but also my work uh, as commissioner from the uh, central policy within my Safer West Mercia plan all the way through to my holding to account work. And those details can be found uh, on the West Mercia Peace and Crime Commissioner website. There is also the wider um, uh, diversity, equality and inclusion strategy um, from West Mercia Police, which is on the West Mercia Police website. Um, And those that are thinking of joining uh, West Mercia Police, uh, they're currently recruiting. Um, If you go to their web pages, you will see uh, all of the information uh, if you're considering applying uh, and some of the uh, support that's out there that with those that might have uh, disabilities, uh, whether they are um, uh, visible or hidden, and the support that you can get from West Mercy Police in that process. I'd like to thank very much for uh, those listening uh, today, uh, and please do uh, ensure that uh, uh, you you share uh, the information that we've been talking about with others those might uh, that might be interested and might be the things that they need in terms of uh, the advice and guidance or uh, understanding somebody else's lived experience with something that they thought might just be unique to them.